Episode 46, The Proposal. I have said this before, and I will say it again. This study we're in with the Song of Solomon is what I believe to be the blueprint, plan, or design, if you will, as to what the love relationship between the Lord Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, will always be throughout eternity. Can you, for just one moment, stop and think about that statement? Being the wife of the creator of everything? Wearing the robe of righteousness. The Bible says the church is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Look what Revelation 19 verse 7 says. The marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready. She was given a bridal gown of bright and shining linen. The linen is the righteousness of the saints. A big welcome to all of you that are joining us today at here, here at Fill the Lamp. I'm Neil Parks, and that's what I'm hoping you are doing right now, getting your lamp filled to the brim. Last week, we spent some time in chapters 2 and 3 where the bride had repented and took her lover to her home to meet her family. The Lord loved it, as home brings challenges along with testings. And these testings are part of the purifying elements for the bride. But this endurance is equated as obedience as well. As we move through chapter 3, as we moved through it, the Beloved spoke to the Zion maidens that were closely watching. You see, the foolish virgins that are watching have no oil in their lamps. Here the Beloved speaks in chapter 3, verse 5, Promise me, O Jerusalem maidens, that by the gentle gazelles and the delicate deer that you'll not disturb my love until she is ready to arise. In other words, what the Beloved is saying, do not be a distraction or hindrance as the bride is resting in my arms, and I am washing her and purifying her for the wedding. So now we're going to dive right into chapter 4 today, but first I want to read a little bit of what Paul says uh, regarding marriage in Ephesians five twenty five through 28. Paul goes on to say, Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling, here it is, white, silk, radiant holiness. And that is how husbands 
ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. He goes on in uh, verse 31 and says, The bond between husband and wife supersedes all other relationships. Now, what Paul is stating here is for us here as the church on planet Earth, but it is a replica of Christ, the husband and the bride, the Shulamite, for eternity. Think about that for one minute. This bond and love is closer than kids, grandkids, mothers, fathers, or anyone else for that matter. Read uh, read all about that in Luke uh, chapter 14, verse 26. This uh, love that we have for Jesus is superior to anything or any one person. It makes all other love look like Jesus said it, hate. Therefore, nothing can separate the wife from the beloved. There is a cost to follow him, though. And all through the Bible, we find people that have excuses and distractions which keep them from his affections and communion. Spiritual hunger, I think, is the number one deficiency in the Christian's life. And without the proper spiritual nutrition, the disease of sin will manifest itself a million times worse than COVID could ever think of. Look uh, in Exodus chapter 4. Let's look at some of these things I've just mentioned. Chapter 4 of Exodus, verse 10, Moses pleaded, O Lord, I'm just not a good speaker. I have never been, and and I'm not now, even after you have spoken to me. For I have, here it is, an impediment, a speech impediment. Verse 13, but Moses said, Lord, please send someone else. Again, we see another episode when Goliath stepped up to uh, to slaughter Israel, and no one but a young shepherd boy with a slingshot answered the call. Sadly enough, this kind of behavior of excuses is still happening in the church today. God gives the talents, and the few foolish bury them. You can find that in Matthew twenty-five, fifteen. All through chapter 4 of the Song of Solomon, the Lord is expressing his desires and compliments of who she, the bride, is in Christ. Now, please pay close attention to the verbiage uh, that we're speaking here in the next verses. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1 of the Song of Solomon. The uh, beloved speaking, listen, my dearest darling, you are so beautiful. You are beauty itself. He defined it right there. To me, he says, your eyes are like gentle doves behind your veil. Uh, One thing we should know here, a dove's vision is actually tunnel vision. They don't have the peripheral sight like other birds. 
He goes on to say, what devotion and commitment I see each time I gaze upon you. You are like a sacrifice, ready to be offered. Verse 2, when I look at you, I see how you have taken my fruit and tasted my word. Your life has become clean and pure, like a lamb washed and newly shaved. You now show grace and balance with truth on display. Did you just hear that? Your life has been washed and become clean and pure. The word is washing the bride. Verse 4, when I look at you, I see your inner strength, so majestic and strong. You are as secure as David's fortresses. Your virtues and grace cause a thousand famous warriors to surrender to your beauty. Verse 5, your pure faith and love rest over your heart as you nurture those who are yet infants. He's speaking of her ministry, the bride's ministry. Now look, my listeners, how she responds. In verse 6, the bride says, I've made up my mind until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come. In spite of shadows and darkness and fears, I will go to the mountaintop with you, the mountain of suffering love and the hill of burning incense. She says, yes, I will be your bride. Did you just get that one? She just accepted, she said yes to his proposal. That's an I will, if you can figure that one out. Folks, this, this, uh, uh, this study in Song of Solomon is just over the top. We're talking about a spotless and without wrinkle bride here. I'd say <laughs> her lamp is full wouldn't you? Uh, My listeners, this is not some juicy, woosy story or book tale. This is the Word of God. This book is in, this book of Song of Solomon is in the Bible. This is the blueprint according to his plan for all people to understand that the that that uh, this sets the stage for eternity. It's the process for all of the image bearers of God to know. I'll wrap it up here with Second Peter, uh, chapter three, verse nine. Peter says this means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promises to return. For his bride, as some measure lateness, but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience toward you, because he does not want any to perish, but all come to repentance. So he is waiting for each individual to surrender and say, Yes. I will be your bride. 
Well, that'll do it for today, this, this episode. But here's a question for you. Where are you in this relationship walk with Jesus? And have you gotten past your self-wants and anxieties? Let's pray. Father God, I just, oh, we just want to lift you up, Lord. We want to lift you up for who you are, the God that has created everything. Jesus, the Bible says that you have created everything, and it's all been created for you as well. Father God, I just lift up the listeners today as they're listening, whatever they're going through in their lives, that they would say yes to you. Father, that they would realize that this life on planet Earth is but a millisecond compared to eternity. So, Lord, I just lift them up. I ask that you speak to their hearts. I pray that they would pray. I pray, Father God, that everything about them is for your glory. And I do this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. I'd love to hear from you, folks. You can email me at fillthelamp at yahoo.com. That's all one word, fillthelamp at yahoo.com. So until next time, I'm Neil Parks.